0: Hello and welcome to the Codex Prime Podcast. We are on episode 224 and it is Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. It's a new year. Yes, it is. 2020 is firmly in our rear view, eh, somewhat, uh, but we are here once again and joining us in the studio the grand return of my co-host and social media chair and dear friend, Mr. Carl Bird. Welcome back, sir. Uh
1: oh, it feels good to be back. <laughs> it really has. Like, it's been a hell of a couple of months. And damn it. Like, I feel great. I feel a whole lot better than uh, don't my eyes. Uh, excuse me from, like, looking down and talking. I'm trying to share the episode. But, um, oh, man, but yeah, it really does feel good to be back. Like, it's... These past few months have been <laughs> what's up, bro? <brother? laughs> <laughs> He's already started, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, these past few months have been a doozy. But um, things are, you know, I, a lot, a lot has been lifted on, off my shoulders. You know, with the help of meditation and therapy and stuff. Like, please, y'all, honestly, check your keeping your mental health is important. Mm. So, um yeah i mean yeah and just thank you for like everybody who just reached out to show my love and support like soon like literally as soon as i put that message out just you know friends and family were reaching out like other podcasts what i like to call like the brotherhood of podcasters that you know have came together just reached out to me and it's just been nothing but love ever since so um Thank you, everybody. But I'm feeling a whole lot better now. I'm excited. I'm ready to get creative. Like I'm ready to just tackle on some new. I mean, I got some new ideas. I got like so much going. on. You know, so much, like my my clock, my uh, the gears are going. Mm-hmm. The gears are going, and I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to come back and just like and just do it up. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. So glad to hear it too, man, cuz you know, there's 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 a there's so many directions that we can take uh the Codex Prime podcast. And you know, just to you know kind of uh stri- you know, spread our wings a bit in uh, some uncharted territory. And I know you got some ideas. Um I do have a few ideas uh as well. So hopefully 2021 will be a much better year all around and that we can uh all flourish and um you know try to try to get past the pestilence the pestilential year uh that was 2020 um even though uh the residue is still felt and seen as we have seen in the events of last week which i'll talk about in the middle of the show
1: um (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: which which i'll I'll cover in the middle of the show because i have a lot to say about that but um but yeah you know for 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 this episode, you know we'll we'll talk about our our top fives, you know our favorites favorite stuff of last year, because you know despite 2020 being what it was there there still was plenty of uh cool uh um, cool shows, cool movies, and just cool things that you know we can all still celebrate and enjoy you know as things that actually gave us a reprieve, you know an, an oasis in the desert. Um, that was the twentieth year of this century so we'll we'll get into our favorite wrestling matches some some of our favorite films uh, favorite video games and other favorite uh just stuff um as well and I see people in the comments as as well uh I see I'm fir- sure, right? I, I, I
1: yeah. haven't really, have not <laughs> seen much but yeah Go ahead,
0: uh, uh... Yeah, I I, I see see, uh, Furman uh, in the chat, you know, still talking smack. He says, it's a new year. Please let those people under your basement that don't like the Criterion Collection, Vic. Uh, (laughs) uh, I, I will tell you that the people in the basement, they're well fed and they're in a safe place. Let them in, Furman. Let them in. Anyway, um, we also you have. Didn't have to the voice. You didn't have to put the voice. just <laughs> Yeah, we also have Gabe Jackson, who is yawning, uh, in the comments. Apparently, that's cool. we uh, Gabe. Um. So yes, uh, top five for Vic is every movie where the character died of cancer. <laughs> come on, come
1: on. Uh,
0: I've only there's only
1: five. There a, is five
0: there is at best
1: think of right now and i know you can
0: <laughs> there is at best a very small handful of movies that happen to have a character dying of a cancer or a terminal illness um but Stop yeah
1: stars. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but we'll just leave it at that uh so yeah carl man um yeah what you what you've been up to this uh these past couple of months
1: keeping myself from going crazy, nah, <laughs> well, true, but, <laughs> hey, yeah. <laughs> so, um, damn, this shit's been, it's been a lot, I have been keeping myself busy, keeping myself, you know, caught up, I've been, you know, even though I wasn't on the show itself, I um, still wanted to, like, still keep that connection with everybody, and just handle all the social media front, and. I will start on the social media front with the uh, Stanuary challenge that I, uh, that just an idea. I just said, you know what? Let me do a Stanuary challenge since I did the uh, Jacktober challenge back in October. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, why not just pick, come up with 31 characters that Stan Lee created. Don't ask, just draw similar to the Jacktober challenge. And it's been fun. Uh, Shout outs to Krista, uh, Christoph Art. Mm i i feel like i'm butchering his name and sorry if i am yeah so um but yeah he's been putting up some good work mark Desbians, he's been working and shout outs to a friend of the show george neo geo like his shit's been fire Mm -hmm. i mean he's already been a talented artist you know for as long as i know him since high school but um what's what's going on tj happy belated so um yeah, it's been fine. I got to get in touch. I got to get a hold of them and see if I can just uh, go ahead and post their work because it's been pretty. It's been really, really good. So just use the hashtag Stanuary and you will see all of our art. So um, there's that. Um, on the TV show tip, now Vic, mm-hmm. I know you went on your rant. Sometime last month, you know, about the whole Disney Plus, and I know you hate Star Wars now. Uh, I don't I, ha- You hate it. Stop. Yeah. Uh, you hate it.
0: I I've lost interest in it. I hate Rise of Skywalker, but I'm 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 disinterested in it for sure, as the, the whole franchise.
1: Let's just say that John Favreau. Mm-hmm. And Dave Filoni have recently just got out of the hospital okay. because they are simply carrying that whole entire franchise on its back, on their backs.
0: Oh, you don't say.
1: Now, listen, I'm a casual fan. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, I, I'm a casual. I literally will probably only watch the movies just for the sake of the podcast. Mm-hmm. But after hearing all the, you know, hearing, getting constant recommendations, I said, you know what? Let me, let me do, let me, let me watch it. I got hooked on to The Mandalorian.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Listen. As a casual, I'm actually looking into watching the whole entire series. Watching the whole entire timeline hmm. and all the new stuff that they have that they have coming out this I I have to be I have to admit I'm very intrigued with okay. what they have coming up, but season two of Mando, yo they ripped it. Did they now? They did, and there was one particular actor. Actually, he's a comedian. Who surprised the hell out of me? Mm-hmm. Because I never thought that he actually had this type of range.
0: Wait, I, I, if you're saying comedian, I think I know who you're referring to.
1: Oh Jesus!
0: Bill Burr, Billy Redface was on *The Mandalorian*.
1: There's two episodes, and I'm just like, like. He has this one scene where he was actually pretty badass, and then he like got into this real serious mode. He was fucking take that shit to Star Trek, <laughs> but he was like really, he really had like a very powerful scene. And I'm sitting there just like watching. I'm like, like I for a second I forgot it was Bill Burr. <laughs> like I'm ready to hear, oh Jesus, like any <laughs> minute now, and then. Boom. I was like, oh, shit. That, hmm. it, it hit me hard. Um, Sasha Banks. That, Sasha Banks did a pretty cool job. You know, the last episode, that last episode will get you. Hmm. That last. Hmm. It, it, it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth it. I'm actually looking forward to some of like the new stuff that's coming out. <laughs> hmm. Exactly. Furman, Bill Burr killed it. And, like, one show that they had from the uh, Disney uh, Investor Day that they had last month Mm -hmm. is a squadron, is a rogue squadron. Uh, I think it's it's either going to be a movie or a show. I'm pretty sure it's a movie. Okay. Directed by Patty Jenkins.
0: Oh, okay. It's a Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, and it kind of makes sense. And it makes sense to have her for that because she actually grew up. An Air Force brat, mm-hmm. yep. So she can relate all the, you know, her um her experiences growing up on the Air Force and bringing them all to the Star Wars universe. So mm-hmm. I, that actually got, that actually got me intrigued. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to that. And there is one thing I do wanna regarding the Disney Investor Day uh presentation. So Kevin Feige, Feige actually announced that they will not be recasting T'Challa out of respect for Chadwick Boseman.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: I get it. Me personally, I don't agree with it. Yeah. What say you? I wanted to hear your thoughts, man. Um.
0: You know, I I'm kind of like a of two minds of it like on the one hand like if they were to recast uh T'Challa like the one actor that could that could perfectly fill uh Chadwick Boseman's shoes would be John David Washington. You
1: son of a bitch, I was going to say
0: that. But... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, cuz John David Washington not only does he have the look but he certainly has the ability to to pull off uh T'Challa um and the Black Panther. Um on the other hand, um you know, Disney Disney uh going going the, um, a a different route. Um, so it's more likely that they'll probably have Letitia Wright gradually take the reins as Shuri, the new Black Panther, which is very intriguing on its own too. So, um, so there's a lot of potential there as well creatively. So, you know, as, as, as much as, uh, as much as, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen John David Washington, um, take the role to see Letitia Wright step up to the plate. Um is, is also in, is also intriguing, if not a little more. So I'm I'm willing to see what uh what Disney Marvel uh ha, can provide in the in the secret. Yeah,
1: I'm a yeah, I'm a Marvel head, so I I uh you know, I tr I trust them. I just think that you still even if you was gonna give uh, go with the Shuri uh mantle storyline, mm-hmm. you still need somebody there to make the transition make sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you gotta tell that story. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't just say, alright, the child disappeared, now sure we need you to step up. Mm-hmm. There has to be a, a proper and honorable transition.
0: Yeah. Yeah, like um like I could see like the sequel, like kind of like taking like a Godfather Part Two approach where you see at the, where you see Shuri in the present day, and then it flashes back to the events that um, led up to Shuri becoming the Black Panther. So you see like Black Panther, but like obviously you don't see his face. He's just he's, he's in the full full gear, the full mask, and then maybe something something tragically happens, and then Shuri has to take the mantle from there. So the so the story can like flash back between the the main storyline in the present day and then what happened in the past, and kind of bridge it seamlessly that way. I can see it. I can see it being structured that way too. So that could be a good way of of developing Shuri in one film.
1: It's part I mean, it's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's pot- like all things are possible right now. Like I'm very excited for WandaVision coming up, just to finally see where the MCU is going moving forward.
0: Yeah, WandaVision does look interesting. I must say, it does look interesting. I, I like the. I Love Lucy 50s sitcom aesthetic. Um, That's
1: what's throwing me off. So it's just like, all right, what does this mean? But guess what? Those I'm asking those questions. Like, all right, what? You know, why are they doing this? Why are they going about this way? How are they going to bring um, Vision back to life? I know Monica Rambeau has something to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, huh. I bet, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, like, honestly, I, at work, it's funny, at work, I pretty much just watch movies all day. Yeah. So we just said, you know what? Screw it. Let's watch the entire MCU all over again.
0: Mm. All twenty-two films.
1: Yeah, yeah. We literally we just did Endgame today, so we got to mm. do Far From Home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like you ever see the meme of Leonardo DiCaprio pointing to the TV.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> From uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I still got to give you your regular DVD copy back. Mm. Yep. That was literally me for like all through all 22 of those movies. (laughs) Just finding Easter eggs and and teaching him how to do it. Mm. Teaching, you know, my buddy from work. And he he was telling me, he's like, you know, Age of came on the other day. I was watching with my girlfriend and she just kept asking these questions. He's like, you know what? No, just shut up. I ain't got time for this. Me and Carl just went through all these movies. He just broke everything down. I can't right now. I can't. Yeah. So yeah, he told me that I had a good laugh. Um. Hmm. Uh, in other words, I just wanted the Disney tip since you're, a, since you are a Pixar fan, mm-hmm. I think you will enjoy Soul.
0: Soul does look good. I I do like the premise. Um, and I've heard nothing but uh good things about it. Um, if it does come out on Blu-ray, I'll rent it. If it once it hits Redbox, or if it becomes you know available for for rent, you know digitally. Uh, but man, I, I can't bring myself to purchase a Disney Plus subscription. I just can't do it. I just cannot do it. I
1: look at it just cause I know you know you your political ways and stuff. You know me, I stay away from politics. I, I don't let politics get in the way of what I like. Mm. It just it makes sense for me to have it. I'm a huge Marvel fan. Mm. Why not? I'm a huge nostalgia fan, why not? I got kids and anybody who has kids in this in this chat will tell you that Disney Plus is an amazing babysitter.
0: I bet it is. I'm sure it is.
1: <laughs> so Kyle just said I'll give you my uh, I'll give you my uh, Disney Plus info. And shout out to B Rob, Mr. Titty Meat himself.
0: <laughs> new Year, new Titty meat, yes.
1: Titty meat. gotta love Titty meat.
0: Yeah, I'm flexing right now, but okay, can't really see it in the camera. I, I,
1: I'm glad it, I'm good. I'm okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with that. But so, so it was pretty good. You know, I like Jimmy Fox's out performance as well as Angela Bass's. Tina Fey knocked it out of the park. Like it was, it was a good It was a good, enjoyable movie that we got to enjoy with the family. Yeah. Positioning um, over to Marvel, there's a new podcast that I just got hooked on. Oh. But you have to, it's it's exclusively on Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. Pretty much worth your $5. And I only usually listen to it for two shows, Busted Open and the brand new Marvel Method podcast.
0: Ah, okay.
1: Hosted by Method Man.
0: Nice. M-E-T-H-A-N.
1: is a legit comic book guy. Oh, yeah.
0: Definitely. Yes. You can know. Like, I
1: just... Like, I've been backtracking late, lately. Lucky it's still early enough. I, it was only, like, six episodes. But... Dude knows his shit. And what's cool is, like, you will have a guest on. Like, celebrities, some actors and actresses. Like, yeah, Kevin Smith on. They're talking about their favorite, you know... Their history with comics and Marvel. Their favorite characters. And then next to you know... Boom. He has like a writer or artist of whoever that particular person is a fan of, so then it becomes a three way podcast mm-hmm. and they're interviewing them, so you're getting all this insight and stuff, and everybody's feelings and stuff. You guys watch The Godfather of Holland? I have not actually,
0: yeah, me neither. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But Marvel, Marvel Method, yeah, he just had um, uh, Kevin Smith. And um, Michelle Rodriguez, uh, just to name a few. Next week's going to be interesting. And I thought, of, I'm sitting there driving, listening to it. And I'm like, oh, Victor would love the shit out of this next episode. His next guest. Your girl, Jamel Hill.
0: Ah, nice. I love Jamel Hill. I'm
1: like, Hill Hill's a comic book guy. Good, comic book girl. Good shit. So, yeah. I just posted it on my Instagram. Check that out. Yeah, definitely check that Serious X it's worth the five but it's worth the five ninety
0: nine. Okay.
1: I mean yeah, that's... it's like four or five ninety nine it's, it's dirt cheap. Hmm. Or if they just happen to be given now some free subscriptions, I'll send you a link because it's worth having. Especially listening to Busted Open. So Okay. But speaking of Marvel. Yep. Segway onto the comic book tip. So with the movie coming out later on this year, hopefully. The new Eternals run oh, okay. came out. So not much has been explained so far. It's kind of like a short introduction to this. It's written by uh, Karen Gillan and the art by Asad Riddick. But I'm interested to see where it goes. I mean, I know they change for the movie they change a lot of the characters. Like I know there was a character named Sprite who was originally a boy if you read a... Jack, Jack Kirby or Neil Gaiman's runs, which is really good, by the way. Uh, I highly recommend you read uh, Neil Gaiman's run. Mm-hmm. But, um, but they switched it because Sprite in the movie, in the upcoming movie, is going to be a little girl. Uh, Selma Hayek's character is, was actually a man. Mm-hmm. So they actually explain like, all right, even though, you know, the Eternals, they die, but yet they can still come back in different forms, but they're still, like, that same purpose. Person, like if Icarus dies, who's gonna be played by, um, his name I can't remember, but he's gonna be, uh, he actually played, uh, Rob Stark in Game of Thrones.
0: Okay, yep.
1: Yeah, so he's playing Icarus, like he can die, but yet he'll still be Icarus, but he'll just be like another dude. Okay, yep. You know, so, um, there's gonna be a lot of that going. His name is Johnny Blaze, bro. <laughs> yeah, dude's been Marvel fan, you're right. Um, also, now this is definitely for Kyle. If you liked Absolute Carnage, you're gonna love this new King in Black.
0: King in Black, issue King
1: one. As the new run, holy shit! If Carnage was an absolute absolute fucking lunatic, no, who is the god of all symbiotes is a straight up. Words like asshole, dickhead, pure evil are understatements. Hmm. Let's just say somebody in the universe who's pretty important to the story dies a pretty horrible death.
0: Oh, you don't say.
1: Yeah. Actually, one that I was spoiled for, two people actually, that one's not really that important, but it leads into the other tie-ins, but Sentry... Who they thought was gonna be all powerful and be able to stop them. No, mm-hmm. literally just ripped them up like a newspaper. <laughs> just yep. I'm like, oh shit. Okay. Like, Kyle, you ain't going nowhere to steal a shit. <laughs> Trust me, pick up it. And then this new cut co- this new comic this is actually produced by image written book ri- written by diamond Cates, just like he did the um, the King of black in uh, absolute carnage mm-hmm. is crossover okay which is published by image and what that is about is the world of superheroes actually invades earth hmm. okay. And it causes a lot of it's pretty relatable to all the bullshit we're going through right now. But it's causing a whole mess of, like, discrimination against innocent people who who have came over from the comic book world.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: So, in a way, it does kind of make a political statement. I think you would definitely enjoy that one. Um, so... And speaking of image... My girl actually came through. This is probably one of the best Christmas presents I got. I was really excited to tell you about this. The art of Topic and Farling.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: What it does, it tells, it tells his it tells his entire life story through his work. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can see some of his like early his early works that he would do. Um, I'm trying to find. There's one that he did, which is like. Okay, here, here's an early Spider Man that he did.
0: Okay. Early Spider Man drawing from McFarland there.
1: Yeah, back when he was like a te- back when he was a teenager. And then here and then he talks about like a lot I've seen.
0: Ah, nice spawns spawn drawing yeah.
1: right there. Yeah, so he tells the story of how he came up with Spawn, um, his journey from being a college kid on a baseball scholarship to just, he just wanted to draw comics. Mm -hmm. To him wanting to write comics. To him wanting to publish his own comics and stuff. And, you know, a lot of the things that um, Marvel, both Marvel and DC was keeping him from doing, like, they actually didn't like how he drew Spider-Man.
0: Really?
1: When his Spider-Man run sold millions of copies. Hmm you know, they didn't like the way he did his weapon because there was, like, a Marvel way. Mm -hmm. So it was like, all you just saw was lines where nowadays the way you see Spider-Man portrayed with, you know, like the spaghetti weapon as what he likes to call, Mm -hmm. that was all him. Oh, okay. He started that. So then he, uh, so yeah, then he talked about how he broke away from my, you know, from Marvel and DC and him, Rob Lightfield, Jim Lee, Will Potashio and all them just to set, just set bucket. And they started their own, mm-hmm. um, they started their own company. They started Image and Image has been successful to this day. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it was a pretty pricey book. I was really surprised she got it. But like, once I saw it, I was like, yeah, I'm stopping whatever it was I'm reading. And, um, well, I did manage to finish um, Ready Player Two, which is okay. It was pretty good. Not as good as the first one, but it was cool.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, Ready Player but, Two. Um, yeah.
1: yeah, and they're already working on the sequel.
0: Of course.
1: Yeah, they had that established like when they start started working on the first one. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, if you can, if you ever can get a hold of it read it like even my girl was intrigued by it because of the way like the artwork looked. Hmm. and then dick i have to say you motherfucker
0: what what's what's up
1: (laughs) so remember back when you know the world was normal and we used to do podcasts at your house and you used to have a uh a little bin of stuff that you was just giving away yeah yep you gave me a certain book Mm-hmm. Called "Between the World and Me" by Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yes, it's pretty much. I blame you. You actually put me onto his writing with Black, <laughs> also with Black Panthers and Nation Under Our Feet. I pretty mm-hmm. much own every single piece of writing that Ta-Nehisi Coates has done. Nice. And on HBO Max, he has a documentary mm-hmm. of "Between the World and Me," which is, which you know, the the book is like a. an open letter written written to his son Mm -hmm. but he has uh, actors like uh, Mahershala Ali Susan Kalichi Watson from my show This Is Us don't judge me she's amazing (laughs) Um, Felicia Rashad Queen Latifah like just to name a few Mm. just reading and actually interpreting his words into their lives Okay. And leave it to everything that's been going on today. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to text like a lot of people like, yo, make sure you watch Between the World and Me. Do you feel like being woke? I don't know. Have you saw it? Because it's on HBO Max.
0: Yeah, I know. I haven't had a chance to get around to watching it yet, but I do want to. Oh.
1: An hour and 20 minutes, worth it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'll definitely set aside time for it.
1: And speaking of HBO Max, and I know we might as well just go ahead and get into it. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman eighty four.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, so you've seen it too. I did. Yeah. Um, I'm curious. What do you What did you think of Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel to the 2017 uh, film Wonder Woman? Which was DC, which was a DC first good film,
1: and honestly, it was okay. Okay, that's fair. Like, it was all right, like the the standard is low for DC
0: movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, I would.
1: Just... Yeah. Oh all right, you know the. I don't know if anybody has. Uh,
0: should we should we do like a spoiler? Um, spoiler we'll we we'll, we'll keep it very light uh, with the spoilers since the film just came out like uh, three weeks ago. I mean, could still spoil it technically, but you know, for those for those in the chat who haven't seen it yet, um, I see Gabe saying that he doesn't want it spoiled, so we can just keep it light. There. Right. Yeah. I mean, the cameo was cool. I mean, I did get your text
1: like. Christmas Day, was it Christmas Day? You texting me, but was on? He's like, Oh my god, you enjoyed the hell out of it, but you're a Wonder Woman fan, so mm-hmm. that perspective, you know, Gal Gadot is gorgeous, That's so little... yeah. And I was just like, like, I read it, you know, I actually had a good laugh. I read the same things about the movie just okay, yeah. My bopper actually hated it. <laughs> and and I mean the cameo was cool. I mean, not enough to like want to shed a tear or two, but I was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, I
0: like
1: forget.
0: Cool. hmm You know, I, I I really you know, I'm I'm actually quite surprised by the by the backlash that I've seen um from uh from some critics and some commentators about the film and even And even some fans, like, like I've, I've managed, like when it comes, I've learned a long time ago that when it comes to like these big tentpole uh, release releases, especially uh, from like um, Marvel or DC, um, like these big franchise pieces, I've learned to stay away from social media because like the discourse surrounding each of these films is just so annoyingly uh, toxic or nitpicky that I'm just like, you just suck the joy out of uh, an enthusiasm out of out of any any piece of uh, of film film that comes out. So with Wonder Woman eighty four, just just hearing generally about the backlash that surrounded it, I was a little I was a little surprised by it because when I watched the film, I really enjoyed it. Um and and yes I, yes I am a Wonder Woman fan, but I but I really appreciated the, the directions that the film uh, took the character. I felt I felt like uh, this film um, really much like much like Richard Donner's Superman it really uh, accentuated the the strengths of the Wonder Woman character you know from her earnestness and her you know and her um and her passion for you know fighting for justice and equality and seeing the best and trying to bring out the best of humanity and being that inspiration that beacon of light uh to those whom she saves and serves um, I thought that that it really it really captured the earnestness of that character that that I that we've seen in the comics. Um, there are there are some questionable uh, directions that the that the narrative took, uh, most notably surrounding Steve Trevor. I felt like that could have been handled a little bit differently. Like they didn't really have to go through go to the direction that they did because in the direction that uh, that the that the film did uh, with with Steve Trevor. It it does come off as it does raise a lot of very uh, ethically dubious or very problematic questions surrounding that. So it could have been handled a bit differently. Um, but besides that, I really I really did enjoy Pedro Pascal's character. Um, I really liked the everything surrounding the the Dreamstone MacGuffin. Um, I I did en- I I really did enjoy the prologue of the film, seeing young Wonder Woman compete in that in that that contest and her taking that shortcut and then her being disqualified and that kind of set the tone for what her her arc or her lesson is to to be learned in the film um i also i also really enjoyed a kristin wig as the cheetah as barbara minerva
1: i did i did too but i i did see a meme and it just like it was one it just i had one of those mind blown moments was like wow i can't believe like i never really thought about this mm-hmm why does every super villain have
0: to drop their papers all over the place and everybody
1: walks by them? <laughs> That's actually a good point. Um, <laughs> like, how often does that happen in superhero movies?
0: Yeah, like uh, you've seen that not just in superhero movies too, but just like in countless films where like you have the one nebbish, nerdish character that nobody really notices, but then all of a sudden she gets that she gets that makeover, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, wow, and it's like you can walk in heels but but yeah i thought I thought that she was i thought she did a a, a fine job um, at, as cheetah um i I thought that you know her motivations were sound and you kind of you kind of understood where you know where she was coming from and why she didn 't want to give up her powers um, i i really i really did i also enjoyed the score uh, by hans zimmer um i, if, I and i also uh, it was also a good continuation a good continuation of uh harry Gregson Williams score in the previous film. Um, I also enjoyed um, some of the little '80s flourishes and, and touches, from even even down to the the style of the end credits. I thought that was a pretty pretty nice touch. Um, the the mid the mid credit scene, the mid credits cameo, that really put a smile on my face because I wasn't expecting it, and I was like, oh, it's really good to see this. We finally got Man. we finally got this in in a, in a Wonder Woman film. Um,
1: I saw that yes. I saw that cameo early. I was like. I
0: know exactly who that I was. I, I I wasn't I wasn't expecting it, but I was like oh, but I was pleased that it was there. Um, but yeah, I I I really I really did enjoy it. Uh, I I think that I think that if you're a fan of the first film, then then this film then this film should should uh should uh, be satisfying. Although, I, although it is more it is it is more divisive than than the previous film. Um I still I still think it's very good. It's a very good uh uh DCEU film. I am looking forward to seeing what what they'll do with Wonder Woman in, in in the third installment. I know that the third installment is planned to take place in the modern day because they pretty much said everything that they had to say about Wonder Woman in the past in past timelines or or past eras rather. So, uh so yeah, like Patty Jenkins and and, and crew they did a they did a a, a fine job with Wonder Woman 84. Looking forward to seeing what they have for part three. Um, Gal Gadot, um, she she is just terrific in the role, and she really embodies that spirit and that essence of the character. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do next. And it's also on HBO um, uh, Max up until up until up until January 25th. So watch it while it's still available.
1: Really? I didn't know there was. Gonna, I thought he was going to permanently be there.
0: Um, no, like, um, because, like, the, 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 ro- the planned rollout for uh, Warner Brothers 2021 slate, and, you know, beginning with Wonder Woman 84, is that they're gonna uh, upload their films on HBO Max for a month, and then they'll take it off for, like, a little while, while it's still in theaters, like, for the theaters that are still open, and then when it eventually comes out on, like, Blu-ray, home video, then they'll post it back on HBO Max. Yeah, I did see
1: so I did see some people on social media, like, Going to see it in the theaters, but like the way they were, it was like very well like spread out. But she like one person was like, "Jesus Christ is like somebody just rented this whole entire thing." Like it was very few people. It was very well spread out, which was I'm like, "All right, cool," you know, people mm. yeah, respecting it. But in due time. Mm-hmm. Black Widow, whenever they decided to do, to release it in uh, theaters, which I think they said May, I believe.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that one. Mask, face shield. I'm going. <laughs>
0: uh. Oh, that's right. It'll probably be on Disney. You know, I'm just gonna have to wait t- until Redbox gets the Blu-ray so I can rent it. <laughs> Uh, so <laughs> you got
1: people in the
0: comments saying, like, dude just get it i'm not look, i i see tyrone saying just spew, just spend a few pennies on disney plus i like i've as i've as i've explained on victor's corner with with a friend of the show angela marindola i i refuse to get disney plus i'm i'm not gonna give disney the the monopolistic juggernaut my money like they need it no i'm, I'm just not doing it i'm just not doing it like any any film that comes out whether it's MCU or anything from Pixar I'm just going to wait until I can rent it and that's it. and that's that if if I don't see it in a given year I don't see it in a given year it's that simple
1: i is getting real a little
0: <laughs> I'll I'll stop that but <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I am i am just I'm, I just can't do it I I just
1: Five Bloods background
0: you got know? Yep that's the Five Bloods you know Spike Lee's yeah. latest film Yeah so that
1: is and I know, and I want to see. Uh, Chad, they put Netflix put out Chadwick Boseman's uh, final film.
0: Oh yes, Maureen's Black Panther.
1: Uh, like, like we we watched Black Panther, and I was like, wow, I'm sad. But hmm. <laughs> like it, it just made me sad. Like it just we just watched Endgame today, and I'm just, it just made me sad. Like I enjoyed, I still like still watch that movie with the same joy that I did when I when we left the theaters. Mm-hmm. But I was just like, but every time we start with we were just
0: like, damn, this is just sad. Oh yeah, but, um, yeah.
1: But that's no, nah, we didn't. Don't worry, Gabe. We didn't spoil it for you. No. Nah. But um, that's pretty much what I got. Mm. You know, up until like my top five, up until my top fives.
0: Yep.
1: What you got?
0: Um, what I got? Well, uh, let's see. Uh, last week. Um, was New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom 15, uh, which took place across two nights once again, uh, January 4th and 5th um, of last week. So it was last Monday and Tuesday. It took place once again in the Tokyo Dome. And, uh, and interestingly, um, uh, it, it wasn't a packed arena, uh, of course, because of COVID, but uh, night one had over 12,600 uh, people uh, in attendance, and then night 2 had uh just up just over just nearly 8000 so it was a total of 20,000 combined um in, in attendance total across the two nights and uh, yeah like Wrestle Kingdom like every every year like for the past uh for now for the past 15 years Wrestle Kingdom has been one of the premier uh professional wrestling events uh, in the world so if you're a pro wrestling fan then uh, uh Wrestle Kingdom 15 is is one that you have to watch like and 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 the, and the results have have well been documented by now. So, I was very very happy to see the main event in night one, where uh, Kota Ibushi uh, defeated finally defeated Tetsuya Naito, uh, to become uh, the the new IWGP Heavyweight and IWGP Intercontinental Champion. So that makes Kota Ibushi the third man in New Japan history to be a, a double champion, followed by uh, Tetsuya Naito and Evil. Um, yeah, Kota Ibushi, I've always been a fan of his since um, since I've seen his work in 2015. When I first the first match I saw from him was when he faced uh, Shinsuke Nakamura in Wrestle Kingdom. I think it was in Wrestle Kingdom Nine in 2015 for the Intercontinental Championship, and that that blew my mind. That blew 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 my mind. And then when I saw Ibushi in the Cruiserweight Classic in WWE in 2016, I was I was I was hooked. I was always a fan, and Kota yeah. Ibushi. Oh yeah, Kota Ibushi.
1: That's when, that's when I became a
0: fan. Yeah, yeah. His match with Cedric Alexander is is was one of my favorite matches of of 2016. And um, yeah, Kota Ibushi is one of the very best top flight wrestlers in the world. And to finally see him as a heavyweight champion, oh man, it was just like the the best payoff I I could I could hope I could ask for as a wrestling fan. So, yeah, so very- oh yeah, so it was very well deserved. He had an excellent match against Naito, and in night two, he successfully defended both titles against uh, Switchblade J. White, and this match uh, actually uh, made history as the longest, a new record holder as the longest uh, match in Wrestle Kingdom history, taking place at 48 minutes and 5 seconds, so it broke the previous record holder, which was Omega versus Okado Part 1 at Wrestle Kingdom in 2017. So um this match was also excellent. Uh, J White J White has I think J White he gets my 2020 most improved wrestler of the year because he's really grown into the role as like a, as a top heel. Um I think J White is just just he's just an incredible athlete especially for someone his age. Like I I I have to respectfully disagree with my UWO or UWO uh brothers. Uh J White is not the Baron Corbin of New Japan, because Baron Corbin is boring as shit. But Jay White, Jay White is is a top-flight athlete, a top-flight heel. He's truly come into his own. And whether or not, if the rumors are true, whether or not he decides to uh, go to WWE, whether it's NXT, or if he decides to stay in New Japan, like he's a top athlete, and he's really grown into the role. And I would not be opposed to see Jay White as, as the heavyweight champion perhaps next year. Um, I, I, I think that Koto Abushi needs uh, needs a year-long run, and then he can drop the titles at next year's Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, but Jay White, yo, he's one to watch. So don't sleep on Jay White. Don't call him the the, the, the Baron Corbin of New Japan, because he's not. He's so not that. so you're,
1: dro- you're, you're dropping the White Claw from his
0: name? <laughs> I'm dropping the White Claw. He's just Jay White, just the switchblade. <laughs> so yeah, excellent match, excellent main event between him and Ibushi. So glad that Ibushi retained. Um, other matches I highly recommend. Um definitely check out um Shingo Takagi uh versus Jeff Cobb uh for the Never Openweight Championship. If you're looking for a hard-hitting match uh between the defending champion Shingo Takagi and Jeff Cobb, man, you you'll be in for a treat there because uh those two those two are some excellent excellent uh stars in New Japan. Uh Jeff Cobb, I can see him being like a nice powerhouse uh upper mid Carter. Um, he can he can kind of like hover around the heavyweight championship scene as well. Uh, I also recommend um, Hiromu Takahashi versus uh, Taiji Ishimori for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, Hiromu Takahashi, he became the four-time um, junior heavyweight champion by defeating uh, Ishimori in a, in a, another excellent match. Um, uh, Taka- Hiromu Takahashi, man, like not only is he like the crown jewel... Of the junior heavyweight division, but like he's gonna be a top main eventer. Like I can like, like I know New Japan has a strict weight class limit, so like junior heavyweights normally can't challenge for the heavyweight championship. But you know, put him in the ring against, a ring against Ibushi Kota Ibushi, and you're gonna have like a six star match in the making, just waiting to be seen. Um, also be on the lookout for um Sonata, who defeated Evil at I Wrestle Kingdom Night Two. Sonata, he's gonna be another top main eventer. Who's gonna be, who's gonna be um, that that next that next uh, that next main eventer? He's gonna be the probably probably one of the next champions, future champions. Um, so there's gonna be another slow burn, another long-term booking, uh, storytelling for him uh, ahead. So like within the next year or so, I do expect to see Sonata uh, with the heavyweight championship or at least the intercontinental championship. Um, and also uh oh another excellent match one more excellent match i highly recommend Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay one on one their singles grudge match oh. ah chef's kiss you know Will Ospreay he's a new heel he's he's leading his own his own faction called Empire um uh, Will Ospreay's ca- calling himself the Commonwealth King um his his uh his his, t- his team and in stable includes uh, his um his wife, or rather his girlfriend, Bea Priestley from Stardom, and uh, the, and the great Okan and Jeff Cobb as well. So uh, so uh, Will Ospreay, excellent match against uh, Okada, but Okada uh, conquered the match with the Rainmaker, which is an excellent finisher. Kyle,
1: he roasted that. He roasted that. He did. I
0: had a good, I had a good laugh at that one. Yeah, um, and and also too, um, uh, just looking at the co- comments here, um, just to just to answer uh, Ed Figueroa answer, answer his question, um, I hope that they, I hope that Kota Ibushi eventually drops the Intercontinental Championship. May, hopefully, like by by the summer when New Japan Cup rolls around, so maybe there could be a way where perhaps the, the Intercontinental Championship can be can be the prize to be won in the New Japan Cup. And then whoever wins that that belt can go on to maybe challenge for um, the heavyweight championship in the future. But I think that the I think that the Intercontinental Championship really needs to be separated from Abushi. Now that Abushi is the heavyweight champion, I don't think there's any reason to continue the double the double championship uh, thing. So because um, because when you because when because when you have uh, the Intercontinental Championship separate, you can have Sonata, Jeff Cobb. Um, you can have Will Ospreay, Evil, um, you can have, and Minoru Suzuki, you can have them, and, and of course, um, what's his name, um, Tomohiro Ishii, you can have them go after the Intercontinental Championship, because we need another belt, another mid-card belt that people can vie for, because John Moxley, you know, he still has the US, U.S. Heavyweight Championship, and he can't travel to Japan for obvious reasons, so you know they got to have the intercontinental championship at, on its own at some point soon so hopefully by the summer um we'll see that happen uh uh um yeah so so yeah there's that so yeah wrestle kingdom 15 please watch it if you haven't done so already um what else what else have i done uh well we can get it to like some some other like top 5 Oh bo well, before well before we get into the top fives, uh one other thing. Um you know, uh January first, uh we celebrated my thirty seventh birthday. <laughs> <Jeez. All right. laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, older, wiser, better. You know, uh, we of course, you know, we celebrated via Zoom. So shout outs to uh dear friend of, friends of the show, Afton and uh uh Jared, aka Truro. Uh so we all we all had like a nice Zoom call. We had a nice uh, uh game night uh on Zoom. We had some drinks, some ciders and whatnot. It was cool. So it was a nice way to commemorate the new year. Uh so yeah, that was cool. Um
1: If Cards Against Humanity failed.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. We were trying to play Cards Against Humanity like online, like some free versions, but for some reason, like it it it, it, it just it just It just couldn't work. It was like very janky those websites, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like all Uh, the yeah, all the pieces were in play, but like the the websites were too janky to 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 make it work.
1: Like ten games so like (laughs) that saved the day. So
0: yeah, but uh, but yeah, um, you know, before uh, you know, before we get into like our some of our top fives, our top five favorite things of of 2020, um, mean, yeah, there were some good things, uh, to be had, uh, you know, but, um, but I, uh, but I do, but I would be extremely remiss, uh, Carl, if I did not take time, take a few minutes, uh, to, uh, to get a little serious for a moment, um, in, 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 the, in this, in this portion of, in, in our podcast, and I have to talk about, and I have to have a word, um, about, um, about last Wednesday's January sixth failed coup attempt at the U.S. Capitol by these motherfucking troglodyte Trump supporters. Um, we Trump- the the
1: what? Retrumplicans.
0: <laughs> the retrumplicans, if you will. Um, um, I, I I did not want to devote an entire Victor's Corner to this. Um, I I I and as you know, I, I wanted to see how events, how the aftermath would unfold and as, as it continues to unfold. Um, so I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to, to share some of my thoughts about the, the insanity uh, that occurred last week and, and the fallout that we're still seeing with talks of impeaching um, Orange 45 and that sort of thing. Um, um, so one of, the, one of the things here is this, this, uh, this failed coup attempt by the Red is the starkest display that I have seen of white privilege, because you know, the, the, just just the warped mentality of thinking and even believing that you can take time out, time out of work, probably probably using your vacation hours or sick time, to fly to fly your dumbass to D.C., okay, to storm the Capitol so you can terrorize lawmakers in Congress as they're confirming President-elect Biden's uh, electoral victory. And then, and then thinking that you can fly back to your to your home and bumfuck USA, and live your and go back to work and live your life like it's business as usual, and not think that you would be arrested, or be or, or be placed on, on on a watch list by the FBI and or a no fly list or not be tracked down otherwise, is the most staggering display of white privilege I can think of. But to think that you can storm the Capitol, and not experience any sort of consequences is just staggering beyond belief. And, and 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 that's and that's one thing. Another thing too is that these seditionist lawmakers and terrorists, these asshole seditionist lawmakers who instigated the the insurrection, particularly um, Josh Hawley from Missouri and, and and that shithead Ted Cruz from Texas, and all and all those other Republican uh, Republican lawmakers who have instigated this this riot, this insurrection, this sedition. If you will they all need to be expelled from Congress and they need to be punished to the fullest fullest extent of the law and and with that said I don't ever Carl I don't ever want to hear any more bullshit about blue lives matter because these insurrectionist motherfuckers thanks to them they killed a cop they killed a capital police officer so i don't want to hear any more bullshit about blue lives matter because because in in their view blue lives matter is applicable when an innocent, innocent black per- person gets killed that's that's all that it means and and if you don't believe me in, in one of these rather hilarious, no fly, no fly videos, there was one of these, these, these assholes who was detained, who was arrested by in an, at at one of the airports by, by, by uh, police. And this white guy who was participating in the riots, he was handcuffed and he was um, held to the ground by the cops. And he was like, you're treating me like a fucking black person. Oh, oh, now you know how it is. Now you know how it is, you, you motherfucker, you. So
1: I will say that I will say oh Go yeah. ahead.
0: Oh yes. Oh, oh no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because I got more to say. But yeah. This
1: is, This was actually fun. I did. <laughs> you missed it. I uh. I kind of crashed um. The episode that day as it was going on that day. I went to like pick something up from uh, Brian's house. Mm-hmm. And he was doing the show, so I just stopped in just to say hey, whatever. Brian had it on TV, so once they got into... uh, I don't know how they got into it, but they got into Hulk Hogan. Mm -hmm. And then I just happened to just like... I just happened to look and just be like, he's probably in the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Brian almost bursted in tears in that moment. Mm. But another thing, too, you never noticed how... You know, the Blue Lives Matter has, you know, the black and white flag with the blue stripe.
0: Yep.
1: On the Punisher logo. Mm hmm. Yep. Apparently, these guys don't read comic books because Punisher hated cops.
0: He does. Yeah. In fact, like, like.
1: <laughs> Punisher always hated cops.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's absurd. It's absurd. And, and to your point, Carl, like, even Punisher said that the reason why he exists shows that there's a huge problem in society and problem with policing. Like, if the police did their jobs, there wouldn't be a Punisher. <laughs> but of course, I mean...
1: I've seen, Cap- seen it on a Captain America logo. Like,
0: wow. So it,
1: it On our side, his best friend is Sam Wilson. Right He had, he gave the leadership of the Avengers to Luke Cage at one point,
0: you know i mean it it, 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 it yeah,
1: it they show, read a comic book.
0: <laughs> yeah it it shows that you know they they have no reading comprehension, and of course they don't read, um and
1: all I just had to say, like my whole thing was just like it was us. He would have been nuked by now.
0: Oh my God! Like, yeah, sh- yeah. Let me, let, yeah, let me find out if, if it, if it were like Black Lives Matter protesters that were storming the Capitol, which wouldn't happen because that's not in the B- Black Lives Matter purview. That's that's not what we're about. We're not about violent insurrection. You know, we wouldn't have made it within two blocks of the Capitol. All right. Yep. Nah. So. So you so you so you know that 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 part of the insurrection was partly an inside job. Because half of those half of those cops, half of them were, were, were on the side of those insurrectionists. They let them. They, they literally let them Gelling. in. Chilling. Yeah.
1: Eating the hot dogs from the stand that they had set up. Yeah. Ex- Which is another dead giveaway,
0: like, yeah,
1: this is planned.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: <laughs> vendors.
0: Yeah. And, and mind you, like, and, and this was part of the story that was underreported. Like there were apparently the plants like set off bombs, like, like just blocks away from the Capitol so they can distract the police so they can tend to those bombings while they, while the Capitol is left unprotected or more unprotected rather. But, but yeah, like, um, but yeah, there's all that. And then like, um, and then another thing too, also, I, I got, I got three more points. One is Along along with not hearing "Blue Lives Matter" said ever again, I also don't ever want to hear any more nonsense about bipartisanship or reaching across the aisle, you know. Because when the other side is pro fascism, okay, not pro freedom, not pro equality. When the other side is pro fascism, they've shown their asshole. All right, they haven't just shown their ass; they've shown their entire tunnel. When the other side is pro-fascism, there is no bipartisanship. There is no reaching across the aisle. There is no understanding the other side. All right? Because fascists don't merely have a different point of view. You know, let's 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 define the word fascism for a moment. If you look in Merriam, the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the definition of fascism is, and I quote, a political philosophy, movement, or regime. That exalts nation and other race above the individual, and often race rather, above the individual. And that stands for a centralized autocratic government headed by a dictatorial leader, severe economic and social regimentation, and forcible suppression of opposition. Uh -uh. Right? The opposite of free speech is fascism just squelching any sort of dissent of course right so with that so with that with that in mind you can either have a more progressive a more progressive a more progressive a more inclusive a more equal and equitable society or you can have one that is more cruel more intolerant and more stratified between the most and the least powerful but you cannot have both at the same time you cannot have progressives and liberals and democrats on one side working with fascists because fascists don't want to work with anybody else. Fascists want to want to burn the shit down. That's the whole point of fascism. Oh my god, words matter, but of course these motherfuckers don't learn. And also two more points. Point number 2. Support or rather point number 5. Supporters of Orange of the Orange 45 Dingus. You know, they love To throw around alt-right terminology like, oh, snowflakes. You're a bunch of snowflakes. Okay. Looking at these insurrectionist traitors who have been arrested so far, okay? They've been crying and screaming like little kids getting beat by their parents for dialing one 909 9900 okay? (laughs) Without their parents' permission, all right? when they found out they that they've been placed on no fly lists you know they and they found out they've lost their jobs and they've been ostracized by their family friends and their former workplaces now that the shit is is, is the consequences are real to them all of a sudden they're 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 crying about it they're literally crying and and and, and complaining and and genuinely wondering why why they're being arrested they're the biggest Supporters of Trump are the biggest motherfucking snowflakes of all. Don't you don't you dare call people of color, black folks, people who want to be more progressive, snowflakes? Because we want a more just society. When you motherfuckers try to commit sedition against the capital, and you're paying the consequences for it, and you're crying about it while being filmed, who's the snowflake now? You you you. <laughs> You baby soft girl, shit like, motherfucker.
1: I got and I'm like. Mm hmm. He's holding an nugget.
0: Right? These baby soft shit motherfuckers.
1: I'm sorry. I spent most of the time just like roasting them. Yeah. Getting the means to deliver. So. Mm hmm. And... and I, mean, I know you're on a serious tip and I'm just I, like literally that's what I did as I was watching it. Like I did get a bit of. Like I was upset. Like mm-hmm. I told you, uh. Before the show went off the air, went on the air, like I was upset, but I was like, "Uh, uh-huh. listen, nope." I've been through a whole bunch of shit these past few months. Mm-hmm. I'm roasting these motherfuckers. I'm having
0: some fun at their expense. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, like, like I said, like those no fly videos on social media are hilarious. I was laughing my ass off at them. And and also like my, my final point, my final point before we move on back to the fun. You know, for all of those who supported the Orange 45 dingbat for the past four years, all I've got to say is this. Shame on you. Just shame on you. Because to say that you support Donald Trump, to to say that you support this sick, venal, embarrassing excuse of a president, says a lot about you, and none of it is anything to be proud of. Because... Trump is not some garden variety politician whom you can merely disagree on, who you can say, oh, I don't like his policies and just keep it moving. He's not that. He's not normal. Trump, Trump is a proud and open symbol of hatred, racism, sexism, division, narcissism, and all of the worst, undignified, uncouth, and unremarkable aspects of American culture. And most of all, Trump is an example of how the very notion of whiteness, white privilege, and white supremacy will be this country's ultimate downfall if if we collectively choose not to dismantle those insidious systems of power. And final point is, again, like I've said, we can choose to have a more progressive, a more inclusive, more equitable, and more equal society for the betterment of all people in the U.S. of A. Or we can keep having white supremacy and fascism, but we cannot have both at the same time. Let's do better. 2021, it's a new year. I know that we still have to deal with the residue of 2020 with this pandemic and all of that, but I'm hoping... I'm hoping that, as the year rolls on, we can start to do better and we can start to see better results because the shit that we've been going through in the past four years has not been working, all right, and even if you go way be way behind way way before that, all of this shit that we've been experiencing has happened because Republicans were mad that the black guy won the people 's champ Barack Obama in two thousand and eight. they've been salty about that shit ever since. And then when a woman, Hillary Clinton, tried to run in 2016, oh well, they couldn't have it. So we had this failed businessman, this reality game show host, this WWE Hall of Famer, run roughshod and embarrass this nation for the past four years. Oh, and another th- and another thing. And while and, 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 and while and not, not that I mentioned WWE, just just a quick aside. Vince Vince McMahon, fuck you too. That's all I gotta say. Stay unbothered, people. <sighs> Thank
1: so, you for tuning in to your chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I gotta gotta do it. I gotta get bring. Uh, I gotta bring it out. My plans up.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's so, that's so. That's all I wanted to say. So that, that was my Woo! that was that was my aside. I, I had to address last week, but but yeah, just had to get it off my chest. Um, all right. I so, yeah. feel. I feel. I feel like I'll. A, 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 lo- a load has been lifted a little bit, you know, but you know. Welcome we're... to my world. Touche, <laughs> touche, touche. <laughs> but but yeah, man. Let's let's get back to the to the to the fun. Um, let's get back to the to the goodness and magic. Um, we got our top fives that we can get into. Um, so uh, we got the top five different categories. Um, I
1: literally have three.
0: Three? Okay, that's fine. That's fine. We can we can kind of win um, it.
1: Um, I'll I'll start with my top five matches of the year.
0: Okay. All
1: right. So um, I'm gonna go from five to one. Uh, number five. Yeah. isla Dragunov versus Walter in NXT UK. Hmm. Okay. Oh, then you beat the bricks out of each other.
0: Oh yes, they did. Woo, that was that was the that was the most violent match in WWE programming. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> and I enjoyed every minute of it. Yes. Number four, the Young Bucks versus FTR at Full Gear.
0: Hmm. I heard that was a good match.
1: Right, yeah, I was quite impressed by that one to the point where FTR did a flip. It cost them. But they hmm. did a flip. Oh wow!
0: Like because there were always like no flips, just fists. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and it was just a fun. It was a fun match to watch. I, I I actually remember going to Brian's house to watch that. We had a good time watching that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three. Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly at NXT Takeover Thirty Five.
0: Oh, you mean Thirty One?
1: Was it Thirty One? Yeah. What the fuck? I don't know. Well, yeah. yeah. Close enough. But yeah, awesome match, awesome mm. hard-hitting match. Shows that Kyler Riley can he can hold his own.
0: Oh yeah, most definitely.
1: Number two, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso at Hell in a Cell. Mm. Yeah. Story
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, Tribal Chief. And
1: number one. Royal Rumble 2020, the Royal Rumble match, the men's Royal Rumble.
0: Oh, okay. Inter- interesting pick.
1: Dating back to when we had the UWO on our show, Hold I said I'm watching, see, I'm watching uh, Impact right now, and the, if I can quote Mr. Kyle Chapman, the wrestling god is on. <laughs> Bruce, like, yep. Oops. Oops. But yeah. Royal Rumble 2020. I actually watched it again. It actually has replay value. Hmm. And they broke it down. It was probably like one of the most perfect Royal Rumbles that I've seen. With Edge's return with Drew winning with the way they built it up with Hmm. Brock eliminating everybody one by one. All it really did was just legitimize Drew's win. Oh yeah. And it legitimized Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. And the way we broke it, broke it down, he just did it. Um, yeah? Yeah. I wish I was like Dominique. He was there. V-Rod was there. Oh, wow. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and, and I and I will say, like, you know, in retrospect, too, like, looking back at the Royal Rumble, like, in terms of storytelling, like, like you said, like, it really did legitimize Drew and, and made you believe him as a WWE champion.
1: Just like I told you, like you was complaining about it and I'm like, okay, I was like, did you pop when Drew came out? Yes.
0: Yeah. Did you prop did you pop when Drew eliminated Brock? Yes. Oh, yeah. Was you invested in Drew? Yes. Did you pop when Drew won? Yes. Yeah. Are you are you looking forward to watch Drew versus Brock? Yes. Mission accomplished. It did. It did, that's for sure. Yeah. That
1: was our dialogue.
0: Yeah. Yep. Okay. Some good some good but, picks uh, there.
1: Go ahead. Bring, you know, bring your next category. Let's go back and forth with this one.
0: All right. Um uh well, oh, I can give you my my top 5 of wrestling matches of 2020 as well. Um go ahead. yep. Sure. So, uh, my number 5 was uh Finn Bálor versus Kyle O'Reilly at uh NXT Takeover 31. Um uh as you know, Finn Balor suffered a legit jaw injury, got his jaw broken in two places, but still finished the match shows you the, hit, the toughness of the prince um and Kyle O'Reilly, yo future n x t champion like forget Karrion cross like like put the title on O'Reilly later this year.
1: you know Karrion cross is hispanic, it really he's Puerto Rican.
0: no kidding, huh. Well, I gotta, I gotta look that up. That, I would not, that fooled me.
1: <laughs> oh, I did. I looked it up. Now I can't unsee it.
0: Wow. What's his real name? Uh,
1: shit. Give me one sec.
0: Yep. Uh, while you're looking, uh, w- hey, what's up, Jabari? Uh, he's in the chat. Jabari! Um, Gabe Jackson says, moose slander all day.
1: <laughs> Kevin Kazar. Kevin Kazar? Kazar? Okay. <laughs> Hmm. Okay.
0: But yeah, uh O'Reilly versus Balor. that was my number 5. Uh number 4 uh was Walter versus Ilya Dragunov.
1: Uh, Ilya Dragunov.
0: Ilya God. Dragunov, yep. At NXT UK Oct- which aired October 29th. Like I said, the most violent match in WWE programming of last year. Um perhaps the violent the most violent match in the last like 5 years on WWE programming. Um just Chop City. God.
1: Damn. And Oof. it wasn't even just the chest. it was it wasn't even just the chest. It was the neck. Mm-hmm. The back. Like whatever you see if there was an opening, it was a chop.
0: Oh yeah. And and Dragunov's, like neck and back and his up uh, and his chest was as red as his tights, man. Woof. Yeah. Drawing it was those chops were drawing blood. So, <laughs> man.
1: I got
0: these comments yeah. Oh, I can see that like there's a lot of there's a lot of moose there's a lot of moose uh hateration by Gabe and some defense oh, from Oh it's oh it's
1: back and
0: forth. <laughs> oh yeah, from defense from Rinaldi. what's up? Um Yeah, so yeah. So yeah, that was my number four. Um my number three match uh was uh Kazuchika Okada versus Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom uh fourteen. Uh, for both the heavyweight championship and the inter- intercontinental championship, that's when Tetsuya Naito uh, finally achieved the dream of uh, becoming the first man to win to be a double champion, to win both the heavyweight and intercontinental championships at the same time. Um, definitely a great way to cap off uh, Naito's journey back to the championship, um, and a great main event for Wrestle Kingdom. Um, my number two match was also for Wrestle Kingdom 14, uh, Hiromu Takahashi versus Will Ospreay for the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Um, this was Takahashi's big return match um, following an 18 month um, um, 18 months on the shelf due to a neck injury. Um, and this was a, a high return to form. Um, also, too, um, um, Hiromu Takahashi, uh, fun fact, he was also involved in uh Jushin Thunder Liger's final match of his career, his retirement match um at Wrestle Kingdom fourteen. A match that, that a moment that actually that actually brought tears to my a tears to my eyes. Because you because right. I saw a wrestling I saw a wrestling history being made. Like wow, Jushin Thunder Liger has finally retired. And ever since then he's been part of the New Japan's commentating team and doing a good job of it. Uh and also, um, also a quick, a quick honor, two honorable mentions before I get to my number one honorable mention. Number one, Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso, um, their first match, um, um, uh, at um, was it Unforgiven? Was that, was that Clash of Champions? Clash of Champions, yep. Excellent storytelling there. Um, also, um, honorable mention number two goes to Sasha Banks versus Bayley at Hell in a Cell, the best women's match in WWE of last year. Um, when you put Sasha Banks and Bayley in the ring together, you're always going to get magic. And last but not least, my number one match of last year was Kazuchika Okada versus Kota Ibushi at Wrestle Kingdom 14 for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Uh, that's when Kota Ibushi uh, fell short. Uh, he was the G1 Climax winner. Um, he, so he cashed in his briefcase to face Okada. Excellent match, but, but Ibushi just fell short. But it was an excellent main event. Um, I'm a huge fan of both. Two of the best wrestlers in the world. Um, so, yeah, just pure wrestling nirvana right there. So those are my top five uh, plus two honorable mentions for wrestling.
1: Not bad. Not bad at all. Yep. Um, so I have next. my next list is uh, wrestling moments. Mm. Okay. All right. So number five. Keith Lee winning the double championship at NXT Great American Bash.
0: Yes. First ever double
1: champion. culture. Yeah, I said it <laughs> culture. Oh yeah. Oh yes. Always. Number four. Evil winning the double championship.
0: Hmm. Oh yeah. That was a huge shock.
1: <laughs> shook the wrest- Yeah, shock it shook the wrestling world. Mm-hmm. Number three, Sting's AEW debut.
0: Yes, it's Sting.
1: (laughs) Thoroughly enjoyed that one. And plus, I've always been a Sting fan. Mm -hmm. Number two, Edge's return. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, God. I I jumped out of my seat when I saw that. I marked out. I
1: YouTube it to this day. (laughs) Yeah. If I just think about it, I just go ahead and YouTube it. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. And my.
1: And number one, no surprise there. Yep. Undertaker's farewell. Fair. Well,
0: you gotta put an. I. I. I, I still put an asterisk next to that, because it's like.
1: It. It's came full circle. At this point, Undertaker is literally. Break Vinces break glass in case of emergency.
0: Yeah, like when
1: probably use it for PR stuff.
0: Oh yeah. Um or or if Vince or if they ever um go back to Saudi Arabia, if Vincent McMahon says, Hey, he's a Saudi paycheck, and I'm just like, Alright, I can put on the hat and gloves one more time.
1: Please <laughs> just come out and do a choke slam. <laughs> I like I if he does that, just appearances. Yeah, I'll be happy. We don't need a match. No, oh, no. He went out on a high note. The the set, you know, the farewell, the farewell was beautiful to the point where I wasn't sad. Mm. Like I was at peace. I was happy. I smiled throughout the whole entire thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and me being a lifelong fan, being a lifelong fan, mm-hmm. I like my cousin called me up like right after. Are you okay? And I'm like yes mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it was a peaceful mm-hmm. it, I, I was at peace yeah yeah so. it, um yeah and In full circle 30 years to the day yeah yeah happened to, like it was per it was perfect
0: it was and and i will say like the the, the hologram spot with paul bearer that was all class i i actually love class- that
1: moment Watched the 30 Days of um, Taker, and they actually did a documentary on Paul Barrett. Mm. And they told his story, which, um, I mean, Bruce Richard did do a uh, episode on him a uh, month back. So funny, his name, Paul Barrett, just came from a bad, bad joke by Road Warrior Hawk.
0: <laughs> oh, really? It came from Hawk? Because I knew it was always a pun on yeah, Paul. Yeah, Hawk is covered. Like, oh,
1: okay. Hell? <laughs> Since he, he's a Paul Bearer. think of... Paul Bearer called him Paul Bearer. Like mm. Paul Bearer's career, it was literally just like light, just lightning in a bottle.
0: Oh yeah, like that was just like...
1: was... yeah, Rick Rude brought him up from World Class. Mm-hmm. And they and whenever Vince does uh, interview somebody, he said, "What are your special talents? Or, Do you have any other like special talents and so, stuff?" Oh, mm-hmm. I'm a licensed mortician. Yeah. At that time, they just happened to be looking for a manager for The Undertaker because they were taking Bruce Pritchard from, um, from doing Brother Love, and they needed him in a much more backstage capacity. Mm-hmm. Boom! Was lightning struck in the bottle? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: But yeah, just the whole yeah, the whole entire thing was just a, it. It was a beautiful. It was a beautiful send off. How I, you know? I was proud of it. yeah my top wrestling moment of
0: 2020 nice oh yeah um yeah i will i will say that like um like from for top five wrestling moments um i'll say like i love this like with moments slash like segments slash promos um definitely um uh, undertaker's uh farewell um um, is on my list at number five. Um, I, I put an, I put an asterisk there because it would have, of course it would have been absolutely perfect if it was in front of a live crowd, if it was safe enough to do oh so. Yeah. Only thing that was
1: missing.
0: Oh yeah. That, that was the only thing that was missing. Um, I will say like, for me, like, like for me, like the, the, the true farewell, is the day when Undertaker gives his Hall of Fame speech in front of a live crowd. That's when I'll fully believe 100% that he's done, done. Like, like no more appearances, not even not even to do the entrance or a chokeslam. He's done, done. Gone. Riding off into the sunset, just chilling at home. That's when I'll finally believe it. When he gives a Hall of Fame speech in front of a live crowd, that's going to be the farewell. That, but that's just
1: me. You know you know Triple H is already trying to get him on his NXT team, right?
0: Really? He's trying to get uh, him as like a as like a Booker or producer.
1: Producer, work with the talent down at the PC, which is cool because there's a lot of big guys there. Mm-hmm. What better mentor can you have at with other than with one of the greatest big men of all time? Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, like Undertaker, like the amount of knowledge he can drop on on some new talent is just s- astonishing. You like, can literally write a whole book, like two volumes of it, if you that's wanted to.
1: I Undertaker writes a book one
0: day. Oh, that's a must purchase. I'm, I'm gonna buy that day one. Like, if he writes an autobiography, I have to get that. Yeah, uh, but but yeah, Undertaker's a uh, uh, farewell is uh, number five. Um, and and this is in no particular order, by the way. Um uh number 4 was uh Bray Wyatt versus John Cena their firefly funhouse uh match at WrestleMania 36. Uh for me, for me that was actually my favorite cinematic match of the year. I put match in air quotes because it was more of like an extended, extended segment than anything. I thought that like it was actually brilliant cuz like it was a whole deconstruction of John Cena's career um like from the Ruthless Aggression era to like to now and then to like to the later, later portion of his career, how he buried Bray Wyatt and other talent from 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 in, during his tenure. Um, it, it, it was a it was a really cool and also meta, uh meta meta take on John Cena. I also like the the in jokes. Like it's such good shit. Um, <laughs> from the Vince McMahon puppet, it was it was very well done. It it, it, it kind of felt like. Adult Swim and Tim and Eric like oh, writing a. Du-
1: <laughs>
0: oh yeah, like like Tim and Eric uh, and, and Adult Swim wrote a WWE match. That's how it felt. Um, I have no. I mean, I will say like um, like for Kyle to say that he hated that segment, he's out of his mind, and that's and that's all I'll say. <laughs> but yeah, the white the the Bray White John Cena uh, WrestleMania thirty six cinematic segment or match that was also on my list. Um, and another- Sorry, I
1: didn't mean mean to interrupt, but and to plug them into if you want a a real, a very good breakdown of that match into why they did what they did piece by piece go listen to the archives of the UWO podcast of their Wrestlemania episode this past year. Ryan breaks it down tremendously.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. That was an excellent breakdown for sure. Um, Yep. Also, uh, another another uh, another uh, two other moments that that you mentioned was uh, Sting's AEW debut, um, which which totally eclipsed his entire WWE run, hands down. Um, not gonna
1: lie, not, I'm not mad at that. I did enjoy Sting's debut. Mm-hmm. Oh. And his WWE debut was
0: cool. It was, yeah.
1: But yeah, the, that that moment. Five minutes without saying nothing and just putting four or five guys over. Mm-hmm. Gold. Oh yeah. Gold. Oh yeah. yeah. Bully Ray broke that down
0: too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, also, of course, Edge's return at the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, and, and, and watching and watching that man, it, it, it also it's also a little a little bittersweet because little did we know that that would be one of the final events where we had like a full crowd
1: yeah. and
0: so Edge would turn out the, at just the right time too so
1: that that's it's because of that element that I put it over Sting's debut mm. and I'm a Sting fan
0: oh yeah yep. like
1: Sting's always been my Taker's been my favorite WWE wrestler Sting was my favorite WCW wrestler
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah
1: but because of the whole live crowd aspect, mm-hmm. that's where I put Edge
0: over Sting. Oh yeah, indeed. And also, um, also my uh, my uh, fifth a fifth moment that I really enjoyed uh, in wrestling was the Eddie Kingston John Moxley promo at the Go Home show show of Phil Gear, oh. in AEW. Man, like Eddie Kingston, when it comes to promos, this dude is like the mad king of delivering promos that that you you believe every word Eddie Kingston says, because Eddie Kingston is one of these like guys who's been he's been exclusively on the indie indie scene for like the better part of 20 years. And he's he's one of those who has never broken into the big time. And like to to see like his contemporaries like John Moxley, you know, go into the, as he says, the land of sports entertainment, WWE as Dean Dean Ambrose, then coming returning to AW as John Moxley. Um, and then seeing that, you can tell that like at at on some level there has to be a, a little bit of bitterness, um, yeah. maybe maybe some real life resentment boiled into like the resentment that's from the Eddie Kingston character. And so that all culminated, culminated into that like that real as hell promo that Eddie Kingston delivered, especially when John John Moxley re- referenced uh, Eddie Kingston's mother, saying that yo I had grace with your mother at the table, and I told her that I'd look out for you. But but here's the thing, you made a promise to your mother that you can't keep because you know you're gonna lose. And then before that, Eddie Kingston was like, you know he got in Eddie he got in John Moxley's face notes to notes and he goes like, you know what? I'm gonna ruin you, John. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna win the. T- I'm gonna win the championship. I'm gonna take it home to my mother and tell her that the only reason why you don't have a grandchild or you don't have a daughter-in-law is because of this. This is all that matters to me. And it's like, man, whew, that was raw.
1: I'll do you one better. Eddie Kingston was on busted open the Friday before that pay-per-view. Oh yeah. He wasn't even cutting a promo. He probably was. Mm-hmm. It was a shoot, and it was to the point where Kingston, who was supposed to be the heel in that match, yeah, he was just like, "I want him to win."
0: Hmm. Hey. yeah, like was he? But but he had some raw emotion.
1: Oh, it was hmm. it was, it was it, literally he was just giving his interview. He was just conducting his interview and it just kind of came out and i'm just like wow Mm. like i left like i turned off the i turned off, busted open like wow that i want him to win yeah got on our chat i want eddie kingston to win
0: and and you know like and i said this too in the in the in in our chat too it was like for eddie kingston winning would be a bold choice probably the boldest choice (laughs) The AEW would have made in terms of, like, a champion of any kind. Yeah.
1: So, that it? Yep,
0: Yep. that was it for uh, Wrestling Moments.
1: All right, I'm going to step away from the wrestling. My last category, video games.
0: Hmm, yes.
1: Now, um... The number five spot would have been to Cyberpunk. (laughs) But, you know, with all the glitches and bugs and stuff, even though from when I, that weekend when I did play it, I did not experience any of it. But I was afraid that I continue playing. Mm. Then I hit something and it just completely, you know, screws my whole shit up and I would have just been mad. I'm like, you know what? I just said, I'm going to put this away. Mm-hmm. And I'm not gonna play until February when both um, updates, mm. when they, you know, when we get both updates. Yeah. And then, not to mention, we still got four in February, so I probably won't play until March.
0: Yeah. I mean, like. Do did did you buy a physical copy of Cyberpunk?
1: Yeah.
0: I did. Uh, do you still have the receipt?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Go ahead and return it.
1: No, nah, no, but it is big. Now, this is the collector in me. I'm going. So, if everybody's going to return their copies and they'll probably, like, burn them all,
0: mm.
1: I'll keep my copy because it's going to become a rarity.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah, have the base PS4 version. <laughs> I mean,
1: y- y- like, you I might... got it. Yeah, you might not be Everybody wrong. Everybody does got rid of theirs. I still got mine.
0: True. And plus, like, uh, Sony did remove the digital version from their stores so we
1: did.
0: We did. yeah
1: <laughs> so out of games that came out this year and i pretty much have physical copies of all of them yep i'm actually gonna give number five to Marvel's avengers
0: oh okay avengers spend game I'm just quoting reviews.
1: Base game, I I beat the major story. It mm-hmm. wasn't bad. It wasn't as bad as you know everybody you know says it was. Like I did enjoy it, but now it's like all right, I beat it. There's still some extra side missions if I ever do get bored, and I haven't touched it since. Mm-hmm. Okay. But so yeah, right. I'll give that number five.
0: All right.
1: Number four. This one was a digital only, but I've had lots of fun playing this one. Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout.
0: Ah, yeah, that that game.
1: Got it for the best price of $3.99.
0: Oh, yes. Courtesy of PlayStation Plus.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely one of those, I'm like, all right, I got to wait for her to get dressed. Let me do a couple of rounds of Fall Guys.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah.
1: The next game, which is going to be my uh, first four in February. Mm hmm. Number three, Streets of Rage 4. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. I am a big fan, and that game lived up to the very little hype that, led, very little promotion and hype that it got. Mm hmm. It surpassed it. It I still enjoy it to this day. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, that game is, like, endlessly replayable.
1: True, indeed. Yeah. Number two. This may come as a shock. All right. Spider-Man Miles Morales.
0: Wow, that's your number two.
1: That's my number two. As much as I love the first one, and the second one delivered. I think the only bad thing was why they changed Peter Parker to look like Tom, uh, Tom Holland.
0: Yeah, I wasn't a fan of that. It was
1: completely unnecessary. It was a, it, it, they broke, don't try to fix it. But Miles, so, but you only saw very little of him. Mm-hmm. So I think it's not too big of a deal for me. Yeah, But, damn it, they, they, it's still, they still brought it. Mm. They still brought it, and then with the two little Easter eggs, the Chadwick Bozeman tribute on mm. 42nd Street. Oh, it's that Boseman Way.
0: Oh, that's awesome.
1: Do you know why it's 42nd Street? Uh,
0: I should, I should know. 42nd Street isn't that a Broadway? <laughs> no, what was
1: it, man? Play Jackie Robinson
0: in the movie What? Oh, 42. Yes. That was a good movie. Oh, yeah,
1: I love that
0: movie. I yeah. saw that in the theaters. Oh, okay. Huh, clever.
1: And my number one, no surprise. Oh, shit, fucking Kyle got it. <laughs> Ghost of shishima
0: Yes, yes, indeed.
1: I love that game. I will be asking for my co- my copy back because that's going to be my long term for February game. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah that 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 game that game that game is a, is an incredible work of art. Um, yeah. All right, good list. Good list.
1: I had to put, I had to put. I pushed. Be to play it, and he's been playing. He was playing it too. I'm not sure if he beat it yet. Until I kept going to mm. liberate liberation.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's right.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I like kept saying, I'm like liberation. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kept referencing the South Park. Ah, Mangrove. Oh God. Oh God. You kind of at that point. Oh God, it oh. was so that game was so much fun to beat. Like. I'm ready to play it. Play do the new game plus hmm. with yeah. everything that I earned and just breeze through that game. Uh, it's gonna be a good. day. It's gonna be a nice
0: evening. Oh, oh yes indeed. Break out the break out the the uh, the nice mustard and
1: you know. <laughs> <Starful> mustard.
0: <laughs> Word. All right. Good good list. Good list of games um yep my top five top five video games um it, it includes uh two two games which came out in 20, 2019 um because I played them for the first time last year but uh my number five uh is doom eternal um yeah which which was loads of fun just uh it w- it's even more intense than the first game sometimes to a fault um like like there there are there it gets really overwhelming even on normal mode. And some, and pretty frustrating too. So like I I just went ahead and was like yeah I'll just, I'll just beat it on easy. And even on easy it's just still overwhelming. It's just like waves and waves and waves and waves of demons coming at you, and you have like limited ammo. And sometimes you gotta you gotta run around, you know like like chainsawing demons so you can like gain extra ammo and health. So like you can like shoot demons in the face, punch demons in the face, chainsaw demons in the face, and you can even like like one of the one of the death animations like you can like. Smash uh, an an imp's head into their shoulders, so they're like, so like like this, and as a, as they keel over, oh, it, it's it's so good, like it's it's like an aphrodisiac. So Doom Eternal, it's uh it's 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 intense, and um, and the soundtrack alone will make you wanna punch somebody. Um, I, I know I know that like um, there's like a whole bunch of memes you can find on social media and on YouTube. Just type in. When the doom music hits, and it, and it, and it, it is, it's quite it's quite humorous, it's quite hilarious. So yeah, Doom Eternal. Um, uh, number number four for me is from 2019. It's The Outer Worlds. Um, that was the game that I first played last year. Um, that game was that game was amazing from Obsidian. Um, just it's very similar to like Fallout New Vegas. Um, excellent science fiction uh, story, uh, uh, great action RPG. Had those like cool, um, it's like a cool critique, uh, c- comedic critique on like capitalism run amok. Um, I like the I like the uh, character creator where you have where you can like upgrade different skills and like even have like different builds and even have like different weapons as you go. Um, definitely a good game, especially if you enjoy Obsidian's work. Uh, number three for me, also from 2019, is Control uh, by Remedy. Uh, that was a game that I really enjoyed a lot. Um, I really enjoyed the para- paranormal, uh, sci-fi, supernatural aspects of it. Um, graphically, it's gorgeous. I like the the brutalist uh, architecture in, in the game as you're going from like room to room in like this this massive office building. Um, number two for me was Streets of Rage 4, um, that, oh, yeah, I didn't know you got it, oh, yeah, I bought it, um, it was on, it's, it was on, actually, it wasn't on sale, so I just bought it, like, uh, f- uh full price, uh, over, over Christmas break, and, yeah, uh, that was, that's a game that, like, is just pure, pure, um, uh, it brings back the old school, like, beat 'em up beat 'em up uh, genre, uh, with, with some gorgeous an- hand-drawn animation, um, um, the 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 developers dotemu uh, lizard, lizard cube and guard crush games they did they did a an impeccable job of of bringing back that old streets of rage flavor with with the new animation uh the the soundtrack is excellent absolutely excellent i even have it on, i listen to it on spotify um i have beaten the game multiple times uh, with which each, each of the five main characters, I've unlocked all the characters, all the old character models from Streets of Rage one, two, and three. Um, yep, I've, I'm also playing. I'm also trying to play it on some of the harder difficulty levels, just cause um, it's 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 a it's a really fun game, man. Um, and it's also a game where, um, you know, as as a em up, uh, it does have so as a beat 'em up, like you still you still go back to the well of like old old tried and true methods of getting through the game. Like you have to like learn like crowd control methods like using your special at the right time and like regain yeah. regaining your health um by beating up on enemies, like maintaining a high combo count um to get a bigger score. It's it's just so and it's and it's also designed to be immensely replayable over and over again. So the game wants you to keep keep coming back to it with different characters. So yeah, true Streets of Age 4 um is, is great. I want to see more more old school beat-em-ups come back i want to i want to see that genre come back in a a more major way so fighting
1: force damn it
0: yeah i mean i mean fighting force fighting force was it was cool for what it was but like when it came out like in like the late 90s early 2000s that's when the beat-em-up genre was pretty much dying it it didn't translate too well to to 3d but hopefully 2d 2d beat-em-ups will come back uh, in a major way, uh, once again, because we do need more of those.
1: Now, another question I have for you in uh, regards to Streets of Rage Four: Do did you find the secret stages? Oh yeah, like the uh, old school villains. Yep,
0: yeah, yep. So yeah, like a like a pro tip in the game too is like, um, if you pick up a taser weapon and you come across the bare knuckle arcades. If you attack the taser, if you attack the arcade machine with the taser, it'll transport you to like a sixteen-bit uh, uh, past version of a Streets of Rage level. So it's actually pretty cool. Yeah.
1: I... Yeah.
0: yeah. And I... um, yep. And uh, also, um, I, to answer Brian Lopes' uh, question, um, I have not seen the new game Back for Blood. I actually never heard of it. Oh
1: never.
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll look it up though. Um, and of course, like you, Carl, uh, my number one game of 2020 is Ghosts of Tsushima. Um, that game is just like I said, an incredible work of art. Sucker Punch Productions take a bow. This is how you end. This this is how you end a a, a console generation um, with a with a bang. Um, from from the the gorgeous colorful graphics, um, the the thirteenth century Japan Japanese setting um, with like the with like the multicolored leaves, like the the grassy f- plains and rolling hills and like the flowers. Uh, it's just beautiful to look at, and like the combat system is absolutely is absolutely uh, well polished. You four different uh, four different stances with your sword. Um, you can have standoffs where you can just like cut fools down one one by one. Oh man!
1: What did I say? I said when you first started playing, I said the standoffs. Yeah.
0: Yup. Just like one hit kills. Shoot! 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 Um, you can have like I love how like you can like customize your your customize the character Jin like until I have like slightly different advantages and perks, um and and the different armor sets like you can be more stealthy or you can like take more damage or like have more combos, um or even more of those one hit kills in the standoffs. It's absolutely it's absolutely incredible and the and the story is great too. Um, and oh, yeah, and quick,
1: yeah, let, oh
0: sorry. Yeah. Oh and I will and I will say like. Um, when you get to the end of the game, there's a choice you have to make, and there's only one correct choice. So I hope you make the right one. <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say did
1: about you that. Play, Did you play Legacy mode?
0: I have not played Legacy mode yet. Um,
1: legacy mode is cool. Uh, but, I think you'll enjoy
0: it. Yeah, that's like the multiplayer mode, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'm, I'm, I'll, I might check it out. Yeah. But uh, oh, Back for Blood, new version of Left for Dead okay I know left for dead's like a xbox exclusive uh series and' PC. so yeah.
1: that's all i got
0: Whew. okay yeah so we got some got some cool uh some cool top fives there oh i also have one one final one um and and this is actually pretty cool uh if you have for those who have subscribed to spotify um at the end of last year um you there um People who could find their, their their most played songs of 2020. Yes. And uh, for me, um, un, within my top five, um, I have three songs from Public Enemy's newest album, "What You're Gonna Do When the Grid Goes Down," which is which is a really cool album. So my most played song, my number one, was Public Enemy number one, um, W O N, features uh, features a uh, Public Enemy, Run DMC, and the Beastie Boys. Um. There's also Fight the Power, uh, the the 2020 remix, which is also dope. And also the song Grid with Public Enemy and Cypress Hill and George Clinton. Um, Also featuring in my top five most played songs on Spotify in 2020, there was uh, WAP uh, featuring Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion. Um, Yeah, yeah, this was a song that I played uh, sometimes on my commute coming home from work. Because I have a ratchet, ratchet playlist called Ratchet Redenbacher, and um, the tagline for ratchet, ratchet Redenbacher is "Popcorn ain't the only thing that's popping round here." Huh? <laughs> huh? Do d- 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 you get it, Carl? You, you, you get it? Ratchet keep... <laughs> Ratchet Redenbacher, popcorn ain't the only thing that's popping round here. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you get it. You get it. I get. It. Uh, yeah. So. um so yeah uh WAP is actually a it's actually it's actually a cool song you know um of all about uh female uh, se- sexual empowerment um you know you know i
1: i i, I actually break that song down on an intellectual
0: level i mean i mean that's it, it is what it i mean it is what it is like like there are there are a couple a few a few lines that kind of stand out you know like um you know you know cardi b wants wants someone to park that big mac truck right in her little garage you know she don't and also like she doesn't cook she doesn't clean but let me tell you how i got this ring but but that that, that line was also pretty interesting because um I, I saw i saw a comment on twitter when the song was trending and um when she said that line she, uh, somebody said that oh i bet all of the me has got big mad when they heard that line because like, you know, it's like, you know, it's kind of true because, you know, they, they, you, know they, you have some you have some of these so-called um, pick me's or like, oh, I'm not like I'm not like other women. I'm not like this and that. Oh, pick me. I'm not. I'm, I'm oh, I'm, I'm one of the guys or something like that. And it's like and you have Cardi B saying that, hey, listen, I'm not good in the kitchen. I don't even clean around. I'm kind of a slob, but I still got this ring, though, because I got this WAP and it's like, hey, Hey, no shame in her game. I'm not mad at that. Hey, hey, do you? That's what's up. And uh, and you know, although and also there was another line too that 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 I found rather interesting, where she where she com- where she compared her um, cookies, if you will, to Dasani. You know, um, going in dry, coming out soggy. I was like, you know, that was a, that was also an interesting comparison because like you know, Dasani, Dasani is a it's a. It's a serviceable bottled water brand. I mean, it, it does well in a pinch. But if you're looking for a good uh, a, a remarkable uh, bottled water brand to compare ones uh, goods to, I would say Fiji water. Fiji water or um Fiji uh, Fiji Hey, I hey, listen. I listen, I love me some Fiji water. Fiji water tastes crisp. It's clean and it's better than that tap water bullshit, okay? Victor O'Moyle does not do tap water. Also, also um Trader Joe's um oh are tra-
1: Okay, Trader Joe's.
0: Yes. Like like Trader Joe's art artesian New Zealand spring water. Ah. Oh, oh my gosh, the crispest spring water I've ever tasted. It's it, it goes probably, down, it goes down easy and co- and doesn't come up rough. Yeah. Probably,
1: probably just boiled tap water and put a nice
0: <laughs> listen, man. I mean listen listen, I know the difference between tap water and like and like just crystal clear uh uh spring water. So
1: I'm just saying I'm just what saying boil it to burn off all the bad minerals out, you just yeah, but, it.
0: Yeah, but why go through
1: put a nice fancy bottle <laughs> right that New Zealand crisp, <laughs> Whatever. No. Nah. and they just serve it to bougie yuppies like so <laughs>
0: listen listen that's 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 not how they do that's that that is not how it works all right and and and, and besides if you get if you're gonna take go through all that trouble of boiling boiling tap water and then and then putting it in the fridge so you can cool it down just 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 just, just cut the middleman out and just go buy the buy the spring water you know it, it's 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 delicious and you know and you know it and, and it hydrates you very well. It's got it's got electrolytes, uh, Carl. Alright? It's got electrolytes. So so yeah. Okay,
1: Brian says he still needs your uh, last minute Christmas gift popcorn. Oh
0: yeah, the 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 cheddar the the, the cheddar uh caramel popcorn, don't sleep on that.
1: <laughs> no, ten minutes. he's gonna cuss me out uh, like the next comment.
0: <laughs> Yo, don't don't sleep on that. Um and also um uh the fifth uh uh, the, the fifth uh, most played song um, on my on my Spotify of 2020 was also for my Ratchet uh, playlist. Was the uh, was a 1998 uh, classic? Question mark by one Trick Daddy called Nan Nigga. I played that song a lot. You know? Do you know Nan Nigga? that'll run up in your house put the gun up in your mouth Blow your motherfucking brains out but you know yeah you know I, I i i played that song you know endlessly you know on my commute home to work because you know because it, it, it actually took me back to high school because i remember I, was, I think it was in ninth grade when that song came out and so you know i was like i was like huh okay you know you know, nan nigga, who wear more polo shit than me, bitch. You know, nan nigga. Okay, so yeah, I, I can I can rap the whole song, but anyway, but yeah, you know, um, you know that that was another uh, ratchet ratchet song that I played a lot of. So I was like, huh, wow, Na- Trick Daddy's nan was also one I most played. I go figure. I did not know that it would end up being that, but there it is. Um, and uh, yeah, so so that was it for Spotify, and and I and I will say, Carl, like you, you're more than welcome to. To use my playlist if you have any other, you know, parties that you wanna play some music to, or if you have some like church events or church functions, just pop in Ratchet Redenbacher and you know, you know, just 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 let let let, let the ratchetness flow.
1: I appreciate your I appreciate your generous offer, but <laughs> I have, I'm pretty sure I have every song that's on that playlist. Oh yeah in my surround.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm sure you do, you know? Yeah, you know, it's 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 a wonderful time.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm ready to get out of here, man. <laughs>
0: Alright, man. Yep, yeah, as am I. Uh <laughs> so yeah, so once again, uh Codex Prime is back. Um, so uh once again, welcome back, Carl. Uh we got some got some more goodness and magic in the weeks ahead. Uh, thank you all for tuning in and watching. Um, as you know, uh, we're here every Tuesday, Tuesday evening around eight-ish Eastern Standard Time. Um, you can catch all of our episodes on Facebook Live as well as SoundCloud, iTunes. where you can hit us up with that five-star review, uh, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever, wherever IHeartRadio, and wherever you can find podcasts. And you can also find us on social media via Instagram at Codex Prime Podcast and Twitter at Codex Prime Cast.
1: I think that's about it. Man, that's hard for me to say. You done said it all.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, unless you had, unless you had anything uh, other parting words before we head out. Oh man!
1: Like once again, just thank you everybody for still, you know, reaching out and sending all your thoughts and prayers for me. Um, I'm in a better place right now, and I'm back. There's going to be a lot more going on. I'm going to be using. We're going to be utilizing Twitch more. There's going to be some YouTube content. Um, I've already been. As to be guests on a couple of other podcasts, so be on the lookout for that content. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is gonna be it's gonna be a much better, much better creative year ahead of us.
0: Oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, also, tune in this week, we're gonna have more new guests uh, come on the show. We'll also have some re- returning favorites, returning friends of the show. Um, it, it's it's gonna be a good time, good time to be had by all. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's about it. Thank you all for watching and listening. Um, as always, we'll catch you on the flip. Peace out, nerds.
1: Mayor.